Let's go to Philippians again, shall we? Where our scripture reading was found this morning. It's Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to go to a very familiar verse. It's verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now we look at this verse. We have heard this verse many, many times. We take comfort from this verse, realizing that each verse in the Bible is put there for a purpose for us, to either give us guidance, strength, courage, whatever the need might be. But for a moment this morning, we're going to take this verse and we're going to split it. We're going to, if you want to, divide it asunder. And we realize that when you take God's Word and you begin to take verses and you begin to take them apart, it gets dangerous. Because God's Word is not meant to be taken apart. It's meant to be taken in its entirety, just as God put it there. But for a moment this morning, we're going to, real, we're going to dig into this and realize uh, what kind of a mess we can get into when we just take a part of God's Word and not all of God's Word. Uh, we know uh, when we divide something, it can create chaos. We know what happened when they split the atom, don't we? It creates a mess, a really, really, really big mess. But here we find out the first, we're going to take the first part of this verse. It says, I can do all things. And it's making reference to me, to you. I can do all things. If you look at that, uh, Brother Roth on Friday night alluded to the fact that there are many motivational speakers out there that would, they bring in crowds of people and they give a motivational speech. And a lot of times their speeches are geared towards the power is in you. The power is in me to make a good lifestyle for myself. They will motivate you. Now, now, don't get me wrong. We all need, need a measure of confidence within ourselves. We all need somewhat uh, of a confidence to say, well, I think I can do that. We do. But when we realize there are people that are being told that you have control of your life, you are a super person, you can do it, you are number one, look after yourself, uh, then there's some problems. Have you ever seen the abbreviation DIY? I'm not much in the text. Uh, I do texting when I have to, and uh, I might be getting up there, but I do LOL and all those kind of little things. But uh, you look at DIY, it says do it yourself. And we live in an age when there's a lot of people realizing that with the cost of everything around us that, uh, well, I think I've got to try to figure out how to do it myself. And believe you and me, there's a lot of messes made by doing it yourself. When you think about, uh, you look at your car, say you went out in the car in your driveway and you've seen some kind of fluid draining down underneath it. I'll give you an illustration. And when my dad was a journeyman mechanic and he would, he would just touch that with his finger and he would sniff and he said, it's brake fluid or it's transmission fluid or whatever it was. Well, you know, you go out and you notice there's a little bit of fluid down there, and you, what do you do? You go to YouTube, don't you? How many do-it-yourself projects have been taken from YouTube? It has. And you go there and you realize, well, I, I've got a, I've got a holes in my brake system that's leaking, so I got to replace it. So you head down to wherever you go, pick up your parts, and 
maybe you had enough in, intuition to take off the old one that's leaking and you take it down to the, to the garage and you say, well, this is what I need. And they give you this, well, it's identical. Awesome. You go home and you bend it to the shape you want it and you tighten up those two little knots on the end and you say, well, boy, I did it myself. So now you get aboard your vehicle and you step out into the driveway and you head up the road and you, well, this is nice. And the first hill you come to and you're heading down that hill, you put your foot on the brake and your brake goes all the way to the floor. And you realize there's a light pole down that hill somewhere my name wrote on it. Why? Because you did it yourself. That's why. You never read the rest of it that you needed to bleed the hair out of your brake lines. You need just things you mechanically you needed to do for you to have that brake to work. Now, ladies, you're not getting off with it either. You realize that my wife, before we were married, sorry, Bonnie, you've got to come into this again. But I went over one this day, and she was in getting her hair done, doing something with her hair. And she had this thing here, this barrel with the, all those little bristles onto it, some kind of a round brush. She was doing it herself. And next thing you know, her hair was just a tangle around that brush. And, well, the scissors had to come out, and who knows what else had to come out to get her hair out of that brush because she was doing it herself. And, folks, when we try to do things ourselves spiritually, we will get in a mess. This verse was meant to be tied together with the second half. It says, I can do all things, it says, through Christ. When we try to do something ourselves, it will end up a disaster, a mess. How does God feel about us wanting to do it ourselves, I wonder sometimes? He looks down and we, we run into a storm in life or we run into a struggle in our lives and we say, well, i got to try to understand this and somehow fix this myself. And God looks down and says, why, not, why don't you just give it to me? Let me do it. It says here, I can do all things. Yes, you can do all things, but through Christ. Not on your own. It's through Christ you can do those things. God gives us the ability to ride out those storms. He is the captain. He is in control. Not me, but Him. We want to give it over to God this morning. I don't want to be a do-it-yourself Christian. I want to be a Christian that relies wholly upon God, don't you? And when you rely upon God, believe you and me, things will go a lot smoother. But it's human for us to want to sometimes tackle it ourselves, and you wonder, what does God think of me? When you go maybe a month down the road and you realize a problem yet is still there and you still haven't discovered how to do it, and you say, well, it's time for me to let God get a hold of it. Well, you know, I remember my dad, I, I said earlier, he was a journeyman mechanic. He had three years in college. And he was very skilled. Not because of my dad, but he was a very skilled mechanic. And many times I would see a vehicle parked in our driveway as a boy. Somebody, while dad was at work, they would have brought that vehicle there and they would have parked it in the driveway, wanting my dad because he had a good name, he had a reputation in the area. And my dad would get off work and they would either phone him or they would be there and they would say, Sam, my dad's name was Sam, obviously. They would say, Sam, I got a problem with my car. And he would 
They would tell my dad what was happening, and then dad would hear the dreaded words. Sam, I tried to fix it myself. And I, I've heard dad say so many times he just hated to hear those words, because now he had to clean up their mess before he could get to the original problem. And sometimes the God looked down at us and we're trying to fix it ourselves and to realize if you'd only just give it to me, I could take care of that for you. And he will. We think of though that term through Christ, what it means, through Christ. Well, if you were in a financial situation and you needed some help, you go through a financial advisor, wouldn't you? Or if you were sick, you go through a doctor. What it means to go through means you would seek the help of that person. You would seek advice. You would seek that person to get you through that problem. And it says here, through Christ who strengthened me. That means that if we do what God wants us to do and we hold out and reach out to God, God will make those crooked places straight and the rough places He will make them smooth for us. And don't say we won't have those places. But how much easier it'll be going if you just lean upon Him. In 2015, doctors discovered I had a ascending aortic aneurysm. That was an aneurysm just above my heart in the aorta where it, come, where it comes out of the heart, where the blood flow comes out. And it was to a place where they felt it needed to be taken care of showed me the scans, and they said, well, this is the problem here. You're going to have to have a open-heart surgery process. Your chest is going to have to be opened up, and we're going to have to go in there and get at it. Now, can you imagine if I said, took this verse, I can do all things, and I said, doctor, that's wonderful. Give me a copy of those scans. I'm going home. I'm going to take care of it myself. Yeah, it sounds funny, but it's not funny, is it? Can you imagine me telling the doctor, look, I want the heart-lung machine put in the trunk of my car. I'm going to need it for a day. It, it doesn't even make sense. It is, it is hilarious. You're laughing. It is hilarious. You know, but I had to trust a professional, a skilled surgeon to open up my chest cavity. Stop my heart, my lungs, whatever needed to be stopped. And they had to cut out the damage that was there near my heart and replace it with some kind of material and put it all back together. And not only that, but to kick my heart into motion again. I couldn't do that myself. But then I look back to 1985. I had a heart condition back in 1985. I was sitting in the back seats of a little old church back there in Newfoundland. I did. I come to a place where I didn't even believe that God existed. My parents had brought me out with a family altar, family prayers at home. But I encountered in high school, I began to study the theory of evolution, the most worst thing I ever did. And it made sense to me. The devil made it make sense to me. But I was sitting in the back seats of that church to put a smile on my mom and dad's face because I loved them. And I knew they wanted me to be in church. I was a young man at the time. <clears throat> the message went forward. And I realized I had a heart condition. I had something wrong with my heart spiritually. And that something was sin. 
It had gotten in there and it separated me from the Lord as a boy. And I come to the realization that there was something wrong in here. God convicted my heart and He let me know that I was in a lost condition. And if I didn't have that heart condition fixed, I was going to go to a lost eternity. And I couldn't do a thing about it myself. I said, I can do all things, but I couldn't clean the sin out of my life. I couldn't wash my sins away. I couldn't get their Satan's power in the blood because I was a sinner. Oh, but the joy when I made my way down to an old tear-stained altar. And I knelt down and some dear saints of God knelt around me. And oh, the joy of sins forgiven. Because I went through Christ. I went through Christ and many here today can support me in the fact that it's a wonderful thing to have your sins washed away by the blood of the Lamb. It is a glorious thing. If we go to John, John chapter 8, excuse me, John chapter 8, we find here Jesus is having a little bit of a a conversation with the scribes and the Pharisees and different ones that were around him. And we go to verse 31 of John chapter 8. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And it says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be of Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. They were going back to the law. They were talking about how under the law they were of Abraham's seed. They were not slaves. They were not buying bondage. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. So if today you don't have Jesus in your life, you are a servant of sin. And here servant implies you are a slave to sin. You are bound by sin. Sin will control your life. Sin will take you places you never dreamt you would ever go. Sin will get you to do things that you never thought you would ever do. And you might say, well, pastor, I'm not going to do that. Don't kid yourself. Satan is a very, very strong adversary when you don't have the blood applied. He will get you to do things. Verse 35 says, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. And I love this next verse. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Praise the Lord. I like that. Once again, what was that first verse we said? I can do all things through Christ. We find here two parts in this as well. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. You cannot free yourself. But if the Son makes you free, then you shall be free. Truly free. You might say, well, I live in a free country. I live in a a free community. Some of that's questionable these days, isn't it? But you know, the freedom is talking about here is the freedom in the Spirit. It's a freedom of God. It's a freedom to know that we have Jesus living within us. And if there's somebody out there today and you don't know Jesus, then you are a slave to sin. 
But it says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I like to be free, don't you? I like to be free. I like the feeling of it. When I get up in the morning and get down and begin to realize I can talk to God, and it don't matter what world or what, what or what country I'm living in, it don't matter how, how a, a communist country, it don't matter where it's to, nothing can stop me from talking to God. Nothing. Praise the Lord, because I'm free indeed. And I plan on with God's grace and God's help to stay free. So if you're in this audience this morning, or you're listening to this message, if you don't take nothing else from this message, take this. You can do all things, which includes be saved today. You can receive salvation today. On your own, no way. Through Jesus Christ, yes, you can. You can be saved today. So I encourage you today to give your heart to the Lord, realizing that He can make a difference in your life. It's not a, it's not a complicated, I'm sorry, it's not a complicated formula. It's not a long drawn out process to know what it is to be saved. It's just a matter of you saying in your heart, I realize I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not the person that God would want me to be. I am a sinner. You have to realize that you are a sinner. Then you have to realize that there is a way out and believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not just to believe it, but you have to have that special moment, that encounter when you get before God and you say, God, I know I'm wrong. I know I've done wrong. I know I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I want you to make a difference in my life. And you know, in a moment of time, it's not something where you gradually work into it, but in a moment of time, Jesus will give you the witness that you've had an encounter with him and you will leave this place or wherever you're to this morning. You will realize that you've got the freedom that comes in knowing Jesus Christ. God will make a difference in your life. Yes, He will. God bless you today. 504 will be the song.